Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Non-rhythmic dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult to describe. Tribal almost. I would say it's interpretive dance and it's interpretate interpretating. <laughs> Shoot, interpreting the silence. No, oh, yeah. It wasn't. Okay. So, okay. Anyway, we're from Sugar Coated Murder Podcast where we bake in the kitchen. And, and we talk about true crime. And we do. And guess what I'm baking in the kitchen? What? Okay, so we're going to see our mama. Yes, I know. Yes. So our mama loves, well, she loves it when we go to Stucky's and we get her the pecan log. Yes. So what? And if she doesn't, she's polite enough not to tell us that she no longer cares for it. Yes. Because she liked it when we were kittles. Kittles. (laughs) We were kittles. Just kittles. I was never a kittle. Yes, you were. I was a skittle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a scary kid. Yes, a scary little kid. A skittle. Was a sour patch kid. So, and I still am. So anyway, I um, she happens to love the Stucky pecan logs. Uh-huh. So I found a recipe that I actually, it's a really old recipe. I don't, I don't even know how long I've had it, but a long time. Because I don't even write like this hardly anymore. <laughs> so um, it's pecan divinity. Oh, yum. So some people call it divinity fudge. Some people call it white fudge. Some people call it vanilla fudge. I call it divinity i think divinity is the best and yeah because you roll it in pecans right well you don't roll it this isn't going to be a log i'm going to put mix the pecan pieces in it and then drop it in little um plops plops okay (laughs) little little pops little plops of love oh nice cloudy little clouds oh there that's better clouds Clouds of divinity yes so that's what i'm making that's Um, exciting it's exciting it's such a really basic recipe i'm sure the reason I wrote down this recipe because there's a huge shortcut to it. Oh. And so, very basic ingredients. You've got water. You've got sugar. I do have both of those. Vanilla. Yep. You've got your chopped pecan So Though, pieces. I'll be honest with you. Vanilla is a struggle. We we use we vanilla. And we need a vanilla sponsor. We do. Something. Somebody. Somebody find us a small vanilla company yeah. that will sponsor us. vanilla is... It's pricey. It's pricey, and we go through it. I, I mean, we go through it so much. We do. So very much. We really do. So, um, and then you put the jet-puffed marshmallow fluff in it. I mean, anything that calls for the marshmallow fluff is going to be a good recipe. Yes. You just have to know going in. I just feel like it was a it was some kind of a shortcut. Right. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I like that one. Yes. So, um, so... The first thing that you do is you put your two cups of sugar and your cup of water in a heavy bottomed pot Mm -hmm. with your candy thermometer, and it says to cook on medium heat without stirring until it gets to 250. Do you know how difficult that is for me? Yeah. To not just walk by and stir it. Don't don't do it. I stirred it a lot before I turned it on just because I needed to get it out of my system. Sure. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to have to watch the thermometer. And then once it does that, you take it off the heat and you stir in your vanilla, your Jet Puff marshmallow fluff, mm-hmm. and your pecans. And you just kind of stir it up. And you keep stirring it until it cools right. enough to plop out those little clouds. And you plop on them wax on, a, on wax paper on a, just a cookie sheet. On a cookie sheet or just on your countertop. Just put some paper, either parchment or wax paper down. And then you just let them just cool and that's that? That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, so you don't have to turn your oven on. I cannot so wait. So I really hope this works because if it does, I feel like I can add this to my Christmas baking repertoire. Yeah, I'm sorry we're not drinking bourbon tonight because that would be an excellent little <sighs> treat with bourbon. Yeah, well the night's not over, babe. It's very true. It's not, it's not so over. So very true. So, um, while I'm sitting here watching the thermometer, which, by the way, I'm already at 200. Girl. Wow. Yeah. And we had such a hard time with that thermometer mm-hmm. 
when we made the French silk pie. We really did. It's a very the tricky struggle. thermometer, and it's not the thermometer's fault. Right. It's because we were using, I don't know, we were using the double Oh, because we had to constantly, we oh, were double, uh, we were doing a pan on a pan instead yes. of a double boiler. Yes, because we didn't have a proper. And we, you had to constantly stir. You could not stir. Yeah. And that kept making the temperature go down. Yes. It took forever. It was very challenging. And I thought maybe my thermometer was broken, so I went out and bought another one, only to find out it doesn't go up to 250 degrees no, like you need. No, it doesn't, which I'm really surprised because, like, candy, candy forms into a soft ball mm -hmm. at 250 and a firm ball at 260 or 275, and then, like, it, it's in that after the 200s. Maybe it starts. it's more of a latte. Maybe it's a, a latte. It's not a meat thermometer. No, I bought it. It's not. And it said candy thermometer, but maybe it meant not. Candy that's not in a ball. I don't know. I don't either. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm cruising right here. That's so awesome. All right. You go ahead and get to getting on your moita. I'm going to. This yes. week, I'm in Staten Island, New York. Okay. In, we're in New York. All the way You're to in New York. New York. No, not no. No, no, you, no. I can't do the Yankee thing. Yes, you can. Hold on, let me think about it. New York. New York. There you go. You New did York. It. Yeah. York. York. Like, Don't go Boston. Don't go Boston. No, that's York. New York. There you go. Oh, it's like you in the did. back of my throat. Yeah. I have to pretty much or, just swallow or, my uvula. York. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> Oh my. Okay. All right, so now that our dialect coaching class is done, listen, we can speak in so many different dialects. It's not even funny. We're a master of people the should dialect. hire us to do voiceovers. Oh, please, they should. They have no idea what they're missing. Oh my goodness! All right, so in the afternoon of July fifth, two thousand twelve, mm -hmm. Krupe. Excuse me. Her name is Simonette. Don't you love that? That's a really pretty name. I love that. Simonette. Simonette. Okay. Um. She actually, her family called her Sissy. I think oh. uh, like a a younger person yeah. in the family couldn't pronounce it. Or Probably. maybe it was maybe your brother or somebody. Yeah. And they called her Sissy. But I'm going to call her Simonette because I love I that name. I think that's Beautiful. Anyway, she was found dead. Stabbed oh, yeah. to death in her Staten Island apartment. We just found out her pretty name. I know. It was her husband of nearly five years that found Simonette stabbed to death and lying at the bottom of their stairs. He told the 911 operator that his home had been robbed and that his wife was dead. Oh, my. So, Jonathan and Simonette met in college. Simonette was on track to be a school teacher, so she was thrilled. Sorry, I feel oh. like I need to vent. Oh, it's very loud and disruptive to my story. So we'll, uh, oh, yeah. Go is ahead. it steam or is it's it? It's just steam. Oh, I'll turn it on. I'll speak loudly. I'll say it loud. Loud and proud. So Simonette was so excited because a friend of hers introduced her to Jonathan, who she actually, they went to the same school, but the school was big and they didn't know each other. Oh, they went to the same school separately. Yeah, correct. And he was also on track to be a teacher. So uh -huh. they had a lot of similarities, and their their personalities were very similar. They were playful, and you know, they and like to yoke around. They yoked around a lot, <laughs> and they fell in love. Aww. And then they got engaged, as lovers do. As lovers do. <laughs> they married in July of two thousand seven. Simonette landed a job teaching social studies to high school students, and then. Um, Jonathan, he can't seem to get himself a teaching job, and, you know, he's like, I don't know why I can't get a job, and then Simonette's like, well, maybe I can help you get a job, and then he said, well, it turns out I never got my degree, and she's like, oh my God, you lied? Oh no. You lied to me? That's a little bit of an oopsie. Yeah, and she was not happy. Oh she was gosh. not happy. No, I wouldn't be either. But he begged her for forgiveness, yeah. and they were able to work through it. That's good. And um, Jonathan said he wanted to he wanted to get his degree. He had fi failed fi a final exam and hadn't made it to the end, but he was very close. Okay. So he, um, 
In order to do that, they had to take out a loan for $25,000. Holy moly. But Jonathan finally does get his degree. Okay. Simonette then talks to the principal at her school and says, I really think you need to give my husband a chance. And because she is such a well-liked teacher at the school, the principal says, okay, I'll give him a chance. Oh, good. And they hire Jonathan there as an English teacher. Okay, English. English. But just something to know about Simonette. She was such a good teacher that when her students went to take, um, they went in to take some of the standardized tests yeah. that, that you take in school, the, the students scored above average on social, the social studies portion. Wow. And when the results came back, they actually called Simonette to the office and asked if she cheated, <gasps> if she gave her students the answer. That's how well they did. And wow. she was like, absolutely not. But... Because it's a placement test, the board said, we're going to have to retest these students because it's not right. It's like all so these years, and, yeah. right, it's so, so off base of what we normally see. So they made the students go in on a Saturday, and they retested them and actually had um, a paid monitor mm -hmm. in there to monitor the students to make sure there was no cheating. And damn it, the students didn't perform just as well, if not better. Oh my gosh, Nick, can you imagine being that student having to go in on a Saturday to retake a test because you did so damn good on it? Right. And then only to just do damn good again? Right. Right. So that just tells you what an incredible She's a teacher, really good teacher. Yeah. she was. And um, I just, I think that's incredible that she had such skills that she was able to teach high school kids in a way that no other teacher had in the school before yeah. her. That's really impressive. So things are going really well. They both got their jobs. And then they decide, okay, let's go back and get our master's degrees. And I have a feeling maybe it was Simonette that was maybe pushing this horse along a you little. Think? Um, but Jonathan agreed. They took out another loan oh to go back to school. On July 3rd of 2012, Simonette told her mother that she and Jonathan were having some marital problems. And then by the 5th of July, she was dead. Oh, no. So police get to the apartment after that 911 call and find it in disarray. And they see, yep, Simonette is dead. She's at the bottom of the stairs. Jonathan is taken to the police station for questioning because the spouse is always yeah. your first suspect. He tells police that he had left early that day to go run some errands. Mm -hmm. And that um, he had been texting... Simonette along the way as he finished his errands, uh -huh. but she had never texted him back and he just assumed she was sleeping. Oh. So they asked if he could give an alibi where, like, where did you go when you were running these errands? Yeah. And he gave them the following information. At 9 a.m., I went by the school to pick up some stuff. At 10 a.m., I went to get my my car inspected and at 12 p.m. I went to the Home Depot to pick up some things. Okay. Okay? Typical Saturday and afternoon. He even has text messages that line up with his timeline. Oh, good. Okay? So police are going to now have to, of course, confirm yeah, that yeah. you are where you were. Now we're going to go back to the apartment. It does look like the apartment had been robbed. Their drawers pulled out, an empty jewelry box is strewn about. Um, so it does appear to be a robbery. However, it's odd because of the way, the layout of the apartment. For her to have fallen down the stairs, somebody would have had to come in and get behind her. And the only way to do that was through a second-story window in a very, very, very busy apartment complex. Oh, okay. So it's not like there was... They're not tucked away somewhere. They're not tucked away somewhere. Okay. And she's on a main road, and there are people constantly back and forth. And somebody, you couldn't just climb into the window. You would have to have a ladder or some kind of equipment, and none of that was there. there. Yeah. And there was no sign anywhere of fourth century. So huh. that does strike them as a bit odd. On the 10th of July, Simonette is buried. The following day, the medical examiner's report comes back. Oh, I'm sorry. Alexa's telling me to take my trash out. Um, 
We got it, Alexa. She's You're good. She's really good about making she sure is. I'm that. Yeah. So the following day, the medical examiner report comes back. Not only had Simonette been stabbed 15 times, oh my God. but she had bruising consistent with falling down or being pushed down the stairs. Okay. So let's think about this for a minute. If you're a robber, what have you, you've come in to rob because you probably need cash, yes. right? And if you come in and you see somebody and they're in your way, you're trying to get out or whatever, you are probably not going to stab them 15 times. No, because I'm going to try to maybe cut them once or push them down. Like, I, I right. want to incapacitate them enough for me to get, get out, out the door. Exactly. With my stuff, because right. I got stuff, right? Because I'm robbing, so right. I got stuff. Right, and I just, and at that point, I don't even care about my stuff. I've been found out. I got to yeah, get I gotta out. I got to go. Right? Yeah. Well, whoever Nobody's did gonna this. Nobody's going to take the time to stab her that right. many times for robbery. Stabbed her 15 times. Yeah, that's and a the stab wounds were on her back. Oh, dear. So they stabbed her in her back, her arms, her upper torso. Um, it, it just, to the police, it seems like it's personal. Like somebody's like very, it. very angry and they're taking it out on her. 15 times is a lot. It I mean, is, it doesn't sound like a lot because if I had 15 cents or $15, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's so much. But. Stabbing somebody 15 times is a lot. It is a lot. When you think about going, piercing the skin, pulling out, putting back in, I mean. And that blood is flying. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the place. So, um, there's some red flags that are definitely going up at this point. So, the police are now going to start researching Jonathan's alibi. Okay. His timeline, um, sends red flags because it's very precise. Like, if I leave the house and go run errands, I don't think I could tell you what time I got to where. No. Like, I could say it was somewhere so in this vicinity. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, I was there at this, I left at this time, and here's my text message. Yeah. It's not normally it's so not that precise. precise. It no. shouldn't be. Nothing in my life is that precise. Everything <laughs> I do is ish. Right. Right. <laughs> Right, and we're talking about a dude here who didn't um, finish college his first go around and lied about it. So I can't imagine he's a precise person. Doesn't seem to be detail oriented. No, at, like on the surface anyway. Right. So the police start pulling surveillance video. First, they pull the surveillance video at the school. Sure enough, there's Jonathan going into the school. He goes in his classroom. He leaves the school. The next place they see him is at the place where he got his car inspected. There he is. He drops his car off. He walks across the street. He looks in some of the shops. There's surveillance. Pick him, picks him up. He goes back, gets his car, and he leaves. So then they go to the Home Depot surveillance, and they watch it, and they watch it, and they watch it, and there's no Jonathan. He never went to the Home Depot. Oh, no. Right? Jonathan, what do you, you said you were there at noon, sharp. You didn't go. You didn't. You didn't go you to the Home Depot. You forgot to go. Yeah. So, in the meantime, they go back to the apartment, and they do a little bit more searching, and they end up finding a backpack in one of the closets. Oh. Among some other random items, there was a telephone, a telephone, a cell phone, <laughs> a cellular device in the backpack. Okay. And they look at the call history, and it shows several unknown numbers. So please say, we're going to call the one that he's called the most sure. and see who answers. So they call it up, and on the other end of the phone, they've reached Miss Pumpkin. Miss Pumpkin. 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 There's Pumpkin. a person named Pumpkin? Her name is Miss Pumpkin. Miss Pumpkin turns out to be a local sex worker. Good Lord. Instead of going to the Home Depot, Jonathan had gotten himself a little pumpkin muffin. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, you can see where it could be confusing. <laughs> Home Depot. Visit with Hardware Miss, a sex, store. A sex session with Miss Pumpkin. Right. I mean, it, it's all the same. I got a muffin and a latte. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So they bring old Miss Pumpkin down to the station, and she confirms, yep, Jonathan was with me. And as what? a matter of fact, 
um, I had a really, really busy schedule. I was busy that day. My schedule was packed, so oh, I actually really? had to work him in. Oh, pumpkin. Yeah, for $300. Yep, $300 for that muffin. And these people are on a teacher salary. Correct. I'm just saying, that does not compute. No. So it turns out that Simonette had recently found out that Jonathan had been sleeping with a lot of sex workers. What? In addition, she found out that though Jonathan told her he had finished his master's oh, program, no. he Why had, in fact, that? never even enrolled in the program. Uh -uh. He had, however, taken the loan money that he'd gotten to go back to school and no. spent it on strippers and sex workers what is he to the tune over a four-year period of $50,000. This is $50,000. What that, a guy. That is a teacher salary. <laughs> That's the whole <laughs> The shebang. whole shebang. So, uh, Simonette, by the way, she did get her master's with honors. Of course she did. With honors. Of course. This Jonathan, dude, he's just, he is not the, the sharpest tool in the shed. Well, not the brightest not crown in the box. Not, no. Because police also had gotten a search warrant and taken his computer. And when they look at his search history, they find questions like, how to clean up a crime scene? Does bleach clean up DNA? All these ridiculous questions about, um, what do I do after I, with the dead body? What do I, no I mean, just like stupid stuff. This guy, this is why I can't finish school. It's stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan Krupe is arrested November 13th, 2012 and charged with second degree murder. Why is it second? I, I wondered that myself. Oh. I wondered that myself. That's just, I mean... I don't know. They must have said, we can prove second. We may have a hard time proving first. I, I guess. Um, we'll it took them three years to take him to trial, so oh. I guess they felt like maybe their evidence was shaky or maybe. whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever happened in September of 2015, he goes to trial and is found guilty. And guilty. is sentenced to 25 years to life. He was guilty? Guilty! Guilty. guilty. You son of guilty. Guilty, guilty of a charge of murder. Oh my god. And what was his sentence? 25 years to life. Not enough. In yes. 2016, Jonathan signed up for a dating site called convictpenpals.com. That cannot be allowed. His profile says, I'm not married and I don't have any kids. No baby mama drama here. No, because I killed her. What an asshole. Because he's got no baby mama drama because he killed her. pushed his wife down a flight of stairs, and stabbed, stabbed her 15, her 15 times. times, two days before their fifth wedding anniversary. And went, worked in a date with pumpkin. And then, right, right, and then paid celebrate. $300 for a pumpkin muffin. Hello? <laughs> pumpkin muffin. Oh, my God. So this jackass appealed his case in 2019. His request was denied. Good. He can still appeal to the New York Court of Appeals. So it's, I'm sure, there's a, he and his attorneys feel that the search warrants weren't done properly. Oh, good God. It doesn't matter. He killed her. Exactly. My whole thing is, after we find out that he killed her, it's fine. The Everything end. Else is fine. Right. The end. And I don't think that prisoners should be on what it means when they say 25 years to life. I did look that up because I see that to life a lot and I don't get it. Yeah. What that means is you're not eligible for parole before 25 years. Right. You have to serve 25 years before you're eligible. And just but because you're eligible doesn't mean anything because they can deny you the rest of your life. Right. So you still, it's a life sentence. You just are up for parole in 25 years. Yeah. So fingers crossed that he doesn't get parole ever. Yeah, <laughs> and really. that he remains in prison on his convict pen pal dating website. For sure, God. Yeah. And that's it. Well, There's Simone. He put out her lightweight too soon. I'm telling you. He I mean, traded like, his wife for a pumpkin. 
Well, and Plunkin didn't even know. She had nothing to do with it. No, she didn't have anything to do with it. Working girl, doing her thing. Doing what it takes to get by. Hey, just just one second. If if you think you might need some spray to go in that purse, it's in the cabinet right behind you. There's some. She's using a a little cookie scoop, and because it's a sticky batter, sometimes if you spray that metal. And then you scoop your sticky batter, it comes out a little cleaner. It may or may not work. Yeah, we're all about the kitchen hacks, y'all. Yeah, just stay tuned for those. Yeah, we're going to be giving you a lot more, a lot more of the kitchen hacks. So, this is turning out really kind of cool. Well, it smells divine. It, it smells good over here. I yeah, tell your divinity smells divine. My divinity is divine. Yes. <laughs> Devaney's divine divinity. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh! We're gonna have to rename this recipe. We are. Yes. Yes. So. And if we ever have a sugar-coated murder bake sale to raise money for vanilla, yes. we're gonna oh God, we're gonna me. sell it. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> if anybody wants to order a half a dozen of Devaney's Divine Divinity, email us and we'll settle on a price and see if we can't get. That's some right. People Can you turn that fan off now? Because yeah. it sounds like we're in a. Whew, Mercy. That was some crazy stuff right there. But it was steamy and I didn't want to set anything off. No, because when my fire smoke detector goes off, it goes off and it also, there's a voice that says, fire. Fire. <laughs> fire. And you can hear it outside the hall and outside in the It's everywhere. Courtyard. And, and it, yeah. And poor Trout, he falls apart he about falls it. Apart and then he can't get it He together. cannot. The rest of the evening. That's it. That's okay. it. So can you go on pause? Because I think I could use an, an assistant. Uh, I'm going to go on pause and see if I can find you an assistant. No, I just need a, um, another pan. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Thank you. Okay, we're pausing and we'll be right back, okay. y'all. We're back. We, we are back. Yes, we're back. We are back. I finished putting my clouds out on the bacon sheets. They look so good. And it probably made um, maybe a dozen and a half. Yeah, you made them big. But they're big. You, you made could, big balls. I got big balls, guys. You could actually make those half of what I did and, and get a good three dozen out of them. Yeah, easy. Yeah, so. Um, you need a small scooper. Yeah. I, mine's not a, you know, like a melon baller. That would be the perfect yeah. size because I think these are going to be a little bit rich because it's pretty much just sugar. It's sugar. It's just it's sugar. sugar and pecans. And vanilla. Yes. Vanilla sugar with pecan. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like a sugar pecan in the form of cloud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting on the couch, and for some reason, uh, Lance Bass over here <laughs> has decided it's playtime, and he's bringing all the toys. But it is not playtime, Lance Bass. No, you need to lay down, buddy. All right, so the first thing I want to do is I want to um, talk about this missing girl. Um, because it's my turn to present a missing person case. Okay. Her name is Zoe Henry McGillan. Uh -huh. She was last seen on December 2nd, 2020 in Lexington, South Carolina. Okay. Um, at the time, she was 16 years old, 5 foot 3. Um, I'm not going to say her weight because we're girls. We don't, we don't do that. We that. don't do that. Even though I just got to tell you, she's just a little thing. She's little. Um, she's she has brown eyes and brown hair, and she's biracial. And before anybody says, why do you need to point that out? It's because I'm literally reading directly off of her wanted poster. Right. Um, so she left home in the middle of the night on 12-2-20, and her family has not heard from her since. And this is very unlike her, to leave in the middle of the night, to not be in touch with her family. So, currently, there is a $3,000 reward for any credible information that leads to the resolution of this case. Okay. And if you have any information about her disappearance, um, you can contact the Lexington County Sheriff's Office, and I'll post that number along with her poster okay. and on all of our social media, and I'll put the case number as well that people can refer to. Perfect. Um, pass it along. Make it, make, I mean, you don't know. This girl could have been picked up, and she could be in New York by now, or Connecticut, or Kansas. Make it, just Ohio, spread it. Ohio, anywhere. I mean, she could be anywhere. Puerto Rico, we don't know, but just spread the word. Get her poster out there. Get her face out there and let's see if we can't find our parents some yes, answers absolutely so anyway that's my missing person for the week thank you for sharing yes and all of our prayers go out to 
both Zoe and Zoe's family and yes, friends. Yes, absolutely. So now I have a murder. Okay. It's a crazy murder. They're all crazy. They are crazy. They don't so, make a narrow bit of sense. This one really caught my eye. My eye. My eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because it's out of Conway, South Carolina. Okay. So That's over close to Myrtle Beach. It's very close to Myrtle Beach. It's where Coastal Carolina University is. Right. Which is my daughter's... Um, alma mater. I didn't know what to say. Alma mater. Alma <laughs> mater. That's her alma mater. Alma mater. <laughs> Conway, South Carolina. Yeah. So anyway, it's not very far from here. So I'm going to tell you the story about Diane Sugar Parker. Oh. See, another like, oh, sugar. Near and, near. and her husband, Charlie Parker. Mm -hmm. So some stuff I read that they were both 54 years old, but other stuff I read where Diane was 52 and he was 54. So we're going with her being 52. Yes. And him 54. She was in her 50. We're girls. Yes. We support each other. <laughs> That's right. So Diane worked in the Horry County School District mm -hmm. um, as a school secretary. She loved going to yard sales. She loved... Um, Crafting, buying crafts, making crafts, being crafty. She was a crafty girl. Charlie was self-employed. He owned a local small business, a glass company. Oh. That he actually ran out of a barn on their property. Oh, okay. Yep. They had two children. They had a son named Charlie Jr. And then they had a daughter named Bambi Bennett. And Bambi was the daughter of Diane and the stepdaughter of Charlie. Gotcha. But... His relationship with Bambi was definitely father-daughter. Right. And Charlie Jr. worked with his dad at the business, mm -hmm. the family business. So April 12, 2005, Charlie Jr. and some workers stopped by Sugar and Charlie's house. Um, and, you know, they're on the property anyway, so they were there to, like, pick up some equipment or something. Right. Or whatever. Sure. And they noticed it was awful quiet for that time of day. Usually it's some hustle and bustle going in the house and stuff like that. It's real, real quiet. So a worker just kind of glances through one of the glass doors mm -hmm. and sees what he thinks might be a body laying in the kitchen uh -oh. on the floor. So he goes and tells Charlie Jr. Charlie Jr. lets himself into the house, and he discovers the dead bodies of both parents. He is being so naughty. I think it's because we're on the sofa tonight, not at the table. So it's a change. Lance fast. <laughs> Trout, you need you need to behave. You need to stop or you gotta get down. You're being naughty. You gotta get down. <laughs> he said, Oh Mom. You are being naughty. Come on, buddy. If you want to be a part of the podcast, you gotta behave. Behave. It's Don't recording. make us put you in time out. The red light is on in the studio. Yeah, I'll put you in the wagon. <gasps> not the wagon. So, Charlie finds the dead bodies of both of his parents. Oh, no. Yeah. Charlie. They had both been fatally shot. <gasps> really? So, they call the police. And, um, of course, now it's a crime scene. Right. And there's hardly any evidence at this crime scene. There's no forced entry. Right. And, but there are signs of a robbery. There's some cash missing. Oh. So Charlie Jr. kind of goes through the house with them and says, you know, this is what I see that's missing that might possibly have been taken. And the main thing he sees is that there was some cash missing. And of course, it's a business. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, the police, Any would-be robbers out there for either one of us, it's guaranteed. Don't waste don't your have, time. There's no cash. Like, I'm I'm famously known as no cash Annie. I, I coined that phrase yeah. a long time ago. She is no cash No Annie. cash Annie. I got no cash. <laughs> I got no cash, and I got nothing in my bank account either, which is why I don't have any cash. So, yeah, um, it would just really be a huge disappointment for them. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. we don't have the, the latest tech equipment. We no. have, oh, it's like a garage sale looking thing. Like, like even our television, both of my kids have such better television yes. than us. Yes. And they come to our house and they're like, uh, right. this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that would be so disappointing. So, don't bother. Yeah, I mean, my computer screen for work is bigger than the TV in my bedroom. <laughs> So I'm, I'm just. I've got a TV there. in my bedroom that never gets turned on. I don't turn mine on unless I'm sick 
And I got to be real sick if I like I'm in bed for a day. Yeah, for that TV to come on. So, sometimes when Mama comes, she'll yeah, she likes to lay in bed and watch it. But we don't watch TV in bed ever. No, I don't either. So I don't even know why there it's there except it's too old to give it away. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just somewhere to store it, pretty much. Yes. So anyway, so the police start looking at the people in, of course, in the Parker's circle. So. As they're looking around, they discover some court documents where Diane had filed for and gotten temporary custom customer oh, day custody of Bambi's children, off and on. Oh, okay. Okay. So Bambi evidently was having or had had some substance abuse issues, uh-huh. and so um, Diane was, I think, trying to keep her on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm as much as possible and would file for temporary custody of her kids if she fell off the wagon. Right, right. If, if she felt like she was getting close to it. Sure. So this did cause some contention. And also they they found documents where Bambi had inherited some land from her grandfather on her father's side. Okay. Um, but Diane had actually taken over the trust of that. Vera and Bambi's, some of her downward spirals to protect Bambi from selling it on a whim. Sure. And, you know, trying to get fast cash for it. And she was saving it. She wanted it for Bambi and Bambi's boys. Right. So, but, but this caused a lot of contention with Bambi. And Bambi was fighting her mom to get the land back. And she had recently gotten her kids back from her mom. Okay. As far as custody goes. And it seemed like Bambi was kind of bouncing back and forth between her parents' house and her boyfriend's house. Like, I don't think that she was out living on her own yet. Right. Um, so I think that was causing some upheaval that, that Diane was trying to avoid with the boys. Right. Yeah. You know? No stability. Yeah. So she, you know, she was trying to be that voice of reason. And sometimes that doesn't read well to the other party. No, especially if they're drug addict. Yeah. So it was no secret that Bambi was not always very pleased with her mother. Right. So they immediately start looking at Bambi and also Bambi's boyfriend at the time. Right. They said, okay, we're going to look at these two. So um, they go and speak to Bambi's boyfriend, Richard Gagnon. Gagnon? I think Gagnon. G-A-G-N-O-N. Gagnon. But we're going to gagnon. I'm not going to not. We're not gaggers. We're, we gagnon. None gag. We gagnon. No gag. I don't know. Gagnon. I'm, I'm sure it's like gagnon. Gagnon. <laughs> and I'm mispronouncing gagnon. it. Gagnon. Gagnon. <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't seem French. I don't know. Oh, what's that? Uh, what's that name? Here and like champagne, except it's champagne. No, uh, <laughs> when we moved here, oh, Legree, Legree, but it looks like Legare, Legar, Legar, or Legare, right? Yeah, and we were saying the Legares, and they're like, That's not how you say it, no. even though that's exactly how you spell it. Exactly. So they start looking at Richard Gagnon. and Richard at the time could not give them a verifiable alibi. Oh, no. So, um, they bring Richard down to the station. And when he shows up, they said, well, we'd like to get your shoes and look at your shoes. Oh. Which is not unusual. No. Because if you shoot somebody, a lot of times you get, you get blood spatter on you, on you sure. and stuff like that. Sure. So, sure enough, he takes off his shoes and there's blood on the bottoms of them. Well, I'll be darned. And so the cops, of course, take them, bag them, send them out for testing. Right. To figure out whose blood is that or what kind of blood is it. So, Richard's explanation of that blood was that he got blood on his shoes when he walked through the crime scene after the investigators left. Oh. So he said he went in to remove the crime scene tape. And while he was in there, he walked over and closed the curtains on the front window so Bambi wouldn't see the blood before it got cleaned up. Oh. And he also went in there because Bambi's purse and keys were in there. Oh. So that's why he went in there. And then he was like, oh, before I, I'm going to, I don't want Bambi to see the crime scene tape. I don't want to see her to the blood. I'm going to, so he walked, he said he walked around, but the investigators had left and given the house back over. Right, right. That's what he says. So um, the cops then didn't believe him. So when the blood came back, sure enough, it was Charlie Parker's blood. Right. So um, at the crime scene, they also had collected, of course, 
blood and DNA evidence and all that kind of stuff, sent everything out. So on April 26th, they arrest Bambi and Richard and charge them with double homicide of the Parkers. Oh, wow. So they also looked at some others, you know, in the circle. They talked to an employee named Khalil Moore. And he had been um, employed by Richard with the company, but he had been let go because he had failed a drug test. I'm going to get you. You're going to be in big trouble, mister. Trout, no. No. You need to go night-night. Time out for you. Night-night. Night-night, buddy. So anyway, um, they went and talked to Khalil Moore. Mm -hmm. They talked to all the employees. Right. Um, But they found out this... This Khalil had failed a drug test, and so they Charlie had had to let him go. Right. But um, he also, I mean, he had been at the, he was very close to the family, and, and some employees said that Charlie was trying to help Khalil, even though he had to let him go. It felt real bad about it, but sure. it was policy, and he, he couldn't make an exception. Right. So they bring Khalil in and ask him to take a polygraph, and he passes. Okay. So they were like, he passed his polygraph. We don't have any more questions for him. They let him go. So they didn't really have anybody else to question. They felt like they had their their guy. They had their guy. So the DNA test comes back from the crime scene, and they do get a hit in the database. They don't know. It comes back. <laughs> bleh, it comes back, and it's male DNA. Okay. It's not Charlie's. Right. It's not Richard's. Okay. They don't know whose it is. Whose is it? And they put it through the database and it gets no hits. Okay. Okay. So they're like, we don't know. But they also said Charlie ran his a glass business. I know. Yeah. That's the premises. part of it. So it could be that anybody, anybody could have been in there and had a cut or cut themselves or sure. whatever. I mean, you just don't know. And so they said, you know, and it wasn't a lot of blood. So they were just like. You know, or maybe Richard had an accomplice. They didn't know. Right. But Richard's blood was not on the premises. Okay. So. Well, and you wouldn't really expect it to be if they were killed. With a shun god. Shun god. Shun god. Oh, my God. What's, I think I'm having a stroke. I love it. What is a shun god? Listen, you keep your shun god out of the house. (laughs) I'm not okay with your shun god. I can't imagine what is happening to me. It's because I'm not drinking. I know. We should we not do that. We just should have had some bourbon. We're driving tomorrow, so we're trying, we're trying to not trying drink. To not. But seriously, guys, I mean, you, you're a witness to this. I need bourbon. Oh. So, anyway, Richard denies having anything to do with these murders. And eventually, they let Bambi go because they have. They got nothing on nothing, her. Right. Just that she did, she was pissed off half the time at her mother and half the time she wasn't pissed. Right. That's it. Didn't make necessarily make you a murderer. No. And they didn't have any they had nothing no to evidence. keep her on. Right. So they let her go. So, um, and they did they kept talking to employees and then they brought this Khalil back up again. And this employee said, Listen, Khalil was really close to the family. He spent time in their house. He would eat meals with them like he well that wouldn't mean anything i know but they were saying don't look at him because we don't think it's him i've taken his dna anyway well and i think they probably did his dna was not at the scene okay so um so anyway eventually bambi gets her land because her mom's not alive to right. block her on it anymore right. and she she takes her boys and moves to north carolina settles on her land okay and Richard, her boyfriend, never hears another word from her. Oh, so she dumped him. Said she said, "I'm out." Yeah, and he's he's sitting in jail. Right. Oh. I thought that was a little cold for oh, the mur- So maybe she thought he did it and said, "I'm going to separate myself from him." So, so I don't know, but how could they hold him? They didn't have any evidence. They just had the blood on. They his arrested shoes. him. They charged him because the of the blood on, on his shoes. shoes, and they feel like that the motive, that his motive was that. He, um, that he was, that he wanted to get Bambi the land right. and, and any kind of insurance money so she could go, so that they could go start their life together. Right. Bambi didn't seem that, I mean, she was serious about him, but it didn't seem like that was her plan. Right. So it was a little confusing, yeah. but the police said, well, he, we're not saying Bambi told him to, we're saying he was acting on his own. Right. And this is what his plan was. Oh, why? 
just because he was in love with Bambi, he was dating her and right. wanted to see her win. I guess. It seems so odd. it seems a little flimsy. But they go to trial. Really? At the trial, there's a, an inmate that, that gets on the stand and testifies that Richard actually confessed to him in jail about the killings. Oh, my gosh. So, again, Richard denies. He said, I don't even know this guy. Like, I'm, I I, mean, I'm sure we're in the same jail together, but I don't even know him. Right. And um, he's convicted. <gasps> Double homicide. Lord have mercy. Based on the motive to get the land. He gets two life sentences with no parole. Right. So, a year later, the lead investigator from this case gets a random phone call from another investigator in Tennessee. Okay. And says, we got a hit on some DNA from your crime scene. Oh, my. They were like, oh, my gosh. So, they had picked up a suspect on a burglary charge, he went to trial and was convicted. And before he went to prison, as what they do now, is they swab your cheeks and they go ahead and get your DNA. Sure. It's just part of the package. Yeah. So, and when they put that DNA into the database, it hit on that crime scene. Right. That mystery DNA. And they were like, mm-hmm. okay, so who is this guy? Right. So this guy's name is Bruce Hill. Oh. Well, who the hell is Bruce Hill? Who are you, Bruce? Who is it, Bruce? Bring me down. So Richard says he doesn't know this guy. Bruce. <laughs> and Richard Hill says he doesn't know Richard, or Richard Bruce Hill says, I don't know a Richard Gagnon. Right. So they're not, they're saying we don't know each other. Right. But the police are convinced that this was the accomplice that helped Richard kill the Parkers. For heaven's sake. Yeah. Because his DNA was actually in the, in Charlie's bedroom. Wow. In the bedroom? That's where they found the DNA. Yes. Lord have mercy. So, Bambi and Charlie Jr. also say, we've never heard of Brazil. Right. We have no idea who this guy is. So, what's the connection? So, in late April 2005, which is, so this happened in March of 2005. Okay. Or April 2005. It was in 2005. Okay. After that, but not much further after that, there was a traffic stop in Myrtle Beach. Okay. And this police officer pulled over a Khalil Moore. Okay. Can you remember that name? I do. And with Mr. Khalil Moore was a friend of his in the vehicle with him named Bruce Hill. Oh, Bruce. So there's the connection. Yeah. Khalil. What did you do? Khalil passed his polygraph. No, but that didn't mean anything. So in 2013. 13. 13. Oh. Eight years later. Oh, my God. Richard is still in freaking Lord prison. have mercy. He files an appeal, and it's based on this new evidence that this this guy, Bruce Hill, his DNA was at the crime scene. His was the only other DNA at the crime scene besides the Parkers. Right. He's friends with Khalil Moore. Right. Khalil Moore worked for them. Let me the hell out of jail. Right. And the police... The police were not having it. No, because so, they, they closed their case. They're, they're like, done. they're done. So he files an appeal based on the new evidence, and a judge hears the evidence and orders a new trial. Okay. When they go back through, they have that same inmate, you know, testify because they want to ta- you know, talk to him sure. about his testimony, and he says, yeah, I lied. Yeah, duh. I lied. So he recanted he his whole entire story. And put a man in jail for eight freaking years. Just for shits and giggles. And I think then there should be time tacked on it. Oh, sentence. I think all of those years. Yeah. But we're not done. Oh. This is not done. Okay. So the judge lets Gagnon out on a $5,000 bond okay. while he's awaiting trial. Thank okay. God. Yes. Because the man needs some fresh air. Yeah. So two years go by. Okay. And he is still waiting to go back to trial. Right. And they still haven't freaking charged. They haven't gone to trial. This well, I mean, it takes, a long, it takes a long time. Lord I mean, have mercy. Yeah. They already did one trial. But they got a whole, they got to do a whole new with all the new evidence and try to figure it out. So, so two years into this, Horry County prosecutor comes out and says, we're going to drop the charges for now on Richard Gagnon. Okay. But. On the condition that we could reinstate it when we feel like it. What? So we are not expunging the charges or his sentence. What? But we're going to let him stay out on bail. 
That does not make any sense to it's me. It's stupid. It's convoluted, but they can do it. That way, it's not double jeopardy if they go yeah. to a new trial. Yeah. Right. Right. So, in a very crazy twist of fate, Khalil Moore. Mm. Do you remember him? <laughs> I think I may <laughs> vaguely remember him. He had been charged with a murder as well. Oh. In 2013, he was brought back to South Carolina from Ohio for a murder that they pinned on him from 2013. Wow. So when he arrived, the prosecutor thought, this is my chance. I can go and talk to Khalil and get the real connection between yeah. Hill and Gagnon. And maybe give him a later, like, work a deal. Yeah. Because you're not going to get something for nothing. No, 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 no. Exactly. So they're they're dealing, they're wheeling and dealing. And the first thing Khalil Moore says is, there is no connection. There's no way those two people knew each other. No way. He's like, Bruce was my friend, like my friend, my homeboy, my friend. Right. He, he never went to work with me. He would have no way to meet the boyfriend of my employer's daughter. Right. Like, there's no, there's no way they're connected. And he was like, Bruce Hill was living in Myrtle Beach, and I was living in Myrtle Beach. I, I don't think there's any connection. So the prosecutor's like, really? <laughs> yeah. So he was like, there's no connection. So um, they bring Bruce Hill up from Tennessee mm -hmm. to South Carolina, to okay. Conway, right. and put him on trial in October of 2014. Okay. Okay. He's convicted on two counts of burglary and two counts of homicide. For the Parkers? Yes. So he gets two life sentences plus 30 years to run uh, concurrently. I hate that word. Do we know what happened? Are you going to tell me what I'm happened? Gonna, I'm going to okay. tell you. I'm so lost. Well, what about Richard Gagnon? I'm so lost at this point. I don't know how anybody is involved in anything who did what. Okay. Unless it's you. like, oh, at that traffic stop, you disrespected me, so I had to come kill you. I don't know. I just don't no, know. No, there was just a random cop. I don't know. <laughs> it was just that cop had nothing to do with anything except that, I don't know. that was the connection that they were able to put more and Hill together. All right. Well, bring it all together because I'm okay. sure the people listening are I know, just they're as probably lost like, as what me. What the flipping flip? Okay. So... About okay, so this is this is what happened. What happened? What happened was, was Khalil talked all the time about the Parkers because they treated him so nicely. I went to dinner at their house. He's such a great guy. They have you know I work at his business. This that and the other. And Bruce Hill just decides randomly to go rob those two. Oh, just randomly. Right, he knocks on the door uh -huh. and. Charlie Parker just lets him in because he's just like, sure, come on. I in. mean, I'm running a business. You could be a client. You could be somebody applying for a job, whatever. Or Khalil's friend. Yeah. They don't think that Charlie even knew him. They think that Charlie just opened the door. But when he got in there, he they decided he that he decided he was going to rob him, and somehow got Richard back in the bedroom. This, there must have been a safe, or he must have thought there was a safe. Mm -hmm. They don't know how he cut himself and left a drop of blood there, but he did, and shot and killed Richard. And and then, I guess, um, Diane Sugar tried to run for it, and mm -hmm. he shot her in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then he left, took some cash and left. And he told them that, that this is That's what, what the police say happened. Okay. okay, so that's what they say. He's convicted. He's going to jail. But Richard Gadman is still standing there going, hello. Right. And they were they wanted to connect those two together. They did not. Well, sure, because they look like assholes for sending this guy to jail. Yeah. And they open themselves up to a big old lawsuit if they then come out and say, well, there was no connection, our bad. Mm -hmm. Well, it was their bad. Yeah. So... I found something called the National Registry of Exonerations. Mm -hmm. Didn't even know this existed, but it does. I'm glad. Yeah. And it took them until 2015 to finally expunge, completely expunge all charges and the sentence that he was given of, of life without parole. Wow. 2015. Ten years. Right. Ten years. Yeah. This man for ten years. And I got to tell you, he's not bitter. Right. And the guy's not bitter. He said, I found God when I was there. Yeah. I am a praying man, and I prayed every single day. 
he says that if it weren't for this attorney, it's so funny because this attorney, and I don't remember his name. I didn't write it down because I'm not a great journalist. Um, but his attorney was working for one of these um, law practices that looks into cases of like people that were um, erroneously charged right, or, right, right. to try to get them exonerated sure. or try to get them out of jail. And, and this guy had lost all hope. Right. And this guy, you know, he writes to them, to this law practice or organization. And this guy comes in. And so he says, I walk in to see this attorney and it's this old Jewish man. Right. I'm thinking, what are you doing here? And the guy said, here, I just found Jesus and Jesus sent me a Jewish attorney. <laughs> and he said, but I got to tell you, that man told me I'm not going to, I am not going to leave this case until you are a free man. Nice. And he said, I prayed every day. I just wanted a life so that I can have a family and, and children. That's all I want is I want a life. Right. And so he got his life, but not once in any of these interviews that I read or anything did it talk about he was suing them or like he I, I don't know what happens I don't know if there that organization then goes and sues on his I'm behalf sure I don't there even was know some what kind happens of settlement somewhere I would hope so it's way. not written down anywhere right it, it was a little secret handshake behind Probably. the haystack yeah so but anyway I just thought that was crazy that is crazy and Khalil Moore did not murder that other person they dropped all the charges against him but thank God fate that he was in Ohio living his best life. Right. And so when they brought him back and then he was like, there is no connection. It sealed the fate of then Gagnon saying, Hey, this guy is telling, he's testifying on a Bible. He, there's no connection. Right. So you have to let me go. Let me go. I was telling the truth. I really did walk through the crime scene oh blood because gosh. I didn't want my girlfriend to see it. It was disturbing. Right. So, yeah. And that's that was the story of the Conway double homicide murders. Wow. That is insane. It was insane. Mm. It, I, I just really enjoyed this case. I'm so thankful to hear that There's it worked out. There's a lot out. of twists and turns. Yeah. And a lot of, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and then rereading, like, where's my guy? Where's Richard Gagnon? Where right. is he? What happened to him? I don't understand. <laughs> my God, where is this man? So, I don't know. Anyway, he was exonerated, completely exonerated. He had nothing to do with it. He's telling the truth the whole time. Awesome. I love it. Me too. Good murder. And that put your dog right to sleep. Yeah, let's don't bring any attention to it because we still got to get through our social media. Social media. That's right. That's right. We do have social media. Um, we have email and we love to get email. And we haven't gotten any for a while, guys. So it's been a while. Can y'all just send it to make sure it's working? Testing. Wink, wink, one, nod, two, nod. three. Right. Yes. <laughs> that email address is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. That is correct. Yes. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And you can get um, Devaney's Divine Divinity. <laughs> <laughs> the recipe. The recipe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or just order some and we'll ship it to you. Well, it's not free. No, it's not free. But well, well, I mean, it's not going to cost an arm and a leg either. Right. So, um, and then um, we have, uh, what's that called? Instagram. We do. We're it's, on the gram. We're on the gram. It's at Sugarcoated Murder. That's our handle. I finally figured out our TikTok handle. Oh, what is it? Sugarcoated Murder Pod. Sugarcoated Murder Pod on the TikTok. On the TikTok. And we're, so. we're starting to put some little TikTok things out there. We're trying. And I know y'all probably get a chuckle out of them because we are the technology. So just to give y'all a little history, the little pop-in thing that we do, <laughs> that really is a nod to our daddy. Yes. Because when daddy started doing, I don't know, when he had a, a video camera back then, it wasn't even, it was a movie camera. Right. It was like the big... It was a big, huge, pounds. like, 8 millimeter <laughs> camera with the big wheel of film. Right. And his big thing in all of our childhood videos, it's... We did the pop-in, so it was it would start with a person, and then all of a sudden, a person would pop in, and right. so he would stop it. You had to stay really still. He would go, you know, get the other person in the shot, and then start again, and then another person would pop in. So that was that's kind of a nod to our dad, in case y'all are wondering, what the hell are they doing? Right. And plus, my little clicker thing doesn't always work to turn the camera on and off, so... The person that pops in usually has had to start the camera, which is why sometimes it's a little shaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tremor. We're not having an earthquake. No. It's just um, I usually hit the corner of the table all the way around. Right. And we'll get we'll get better to stick with us. Or not. Or don't. If you don't like it and it makes you dizzy, turn the damn thing off. 
We are yes. also on Facebook. Yeah, You can join our Facebook fan page, which is Sugarcoated Murder Podcast fan page. If you um, oh, find you us on what? Facebook. Here's my thing with the fan page. If everybody on that fan page, there's like 160-something uh-huh. people. If everybody on that fan page went out and got one friend to join that fan page, we would double in size instantly. We certainly would. And it would just make us happy. It would. It would be amazing. So, can The trick that, is please? you have to join. You actually have to join the fan page. You have to hit join. Hit join. It's... You don't even have to answer questions for us. No. We just we don't care. No. We just want people to join. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Or if you just are completely against joining groups, just go out to our regular Facebook page, Sugarcoated Murder Podcast, and just like us. Like it, or you can just like us. the fan page too. Either, yeah. Either way, then you'll still get stuff. I mean, you'll still see like episodes that post and stuff. But yeah. on the fan page. <laughs> On the fan page, we usually, we always put the episode out um, the day before anybody else knows about it. We put um, pictures and memes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It might be time for us to do another Facebook Live situation. I don't don't know. I'm not sure. We we struggle. We'll try. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, we struggle. We'll see what happens. Um, We also, what else? Oh, we are also... Always open to donations through Buy Me a Cup. Yes, and just think, a cup of coffee is equal to a little teeny thing of vanilla. Yeah, one so cup of coffee is <laughs> the smallest size vanilla. So think of it as not buying us coffee, but buying us vanilla. Yeah, buy me a vanilla. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You can uh, click on our link tree, yes. which we post whenever we post our episodes. We, we put the link tree out there, and that link tree... You click on it. It's got everything we've we've talked about. It's got a click away to our Instagram, our TikTok, our Buy Me a Cup, our episodes. Oh, it's also got um, it's got our merchandise links. Our merchandise and it's got our T-shirts, mask, and then our Plum Deluxe tea. Right, we're ambassadors for Plum Deluxe tea out of Portland, Oregon. Which that tea, guys? If you if you had this tea, I'm telling you. You would never go back to store-bought it really tea. It is, is amazing. It is exceptional. It is a cut above. It's it the is. best tea I've ever had. It really is delicious. It is so delightful. So uh, if you click on our affiliate link, we'll get a little cut of whatever you buy. Yes, and you can also do a subscription for Tea of the Month Club, yeah. which is really awesome. And you can actually, if you are a non-caffeine person, you can go all herbal yeah you can you can you can make that choice talk about your preferences on yep. there and it's um, and they really are good at working with you and you can email them if you have an allergy like ann and i are allergic to hazelnuts so, and i don't do well with chamomile and ann definitely should not drink chamomile ever yeah so um but you can tell them that like once you're in the tea of the month club if you email them and just let them know hey i can't do chamomile or i can't do this they're really really good about that it's very customizable yeah, and once you're in the club, you get free shipping on your stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you get member discounts member and discounts, specials. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, you can find all of the stuff we've talked about on our link tree, which we post when we post our episodes every week. Yeah, and if you go to TikTok or Instagram, it's in our bio. Yeah, it's and I our think bio. our stuff is showing up on YouTube. Yeah, we've got a YouTube channel, yeah. Sugar Coated Murder or Sugar Coated Pod, pod or something. Yeah. I mean, you'll find us. It's got our logo. So if you just type in sugar coated yeah, murder podcast, we're all over the up. place. There is no excuse for you to not be following us, liking us, joining us, communicating, and telling with us. your friends and your family. If everybody gets one person to follow us, yes, then we double in size in no time at all. Exactly. And we're in so many different countries. We just we so appreciate our international listeners. Oh yeah. I have no idea how they find us. I don't either, but and I, love I don't it. care. I just love it. I mean we that we just added Luxembourg. Nice. I had no idea. Nice. So yeah. And I, I you know, so we've got a lot of like really, really good pockets of followers. Canada is a big follower. Ireland we're, we seem to be pretty popular there. Well, duh. We're growing it. We're, we've charted in Australia. Okay. We've charted in Ireland, and we've Coffee. charted in um, Great Britain. So, yeah. So, we're we're around, but we really, um, we just don't turn anybody away. We love everybody. 
We pretty much do, but um, are you going to keep on yipping and yapping, or are you going to serve up some divinity? I'm going to go get some divinity, like, divine divinity. I don't know what's happening, but when I bake, I'm expected to bring a portion, and we try it, and we're ooh and I and, and blah, I'm blah, sitting blah, here waiting blah, for you blah, to get blah. up and get your hind parts in the kitchen and get me what I want. Oh, my gosh. So demanding. I mean, I can't help it. So, anyway... We're traveling to see Mama this weekend. It should be a good time. The weather should be nice. Yes. Um, what else can I tell you? I'm a big Washington Nationals baseball fan. I've been watching lots of baseball. My team has not been doing especially well. Um, I will say they've been playing the St. Louis Cardinals, I feel like, for freaking ever. <laughs> and if you watch any of the Real Housewives of Orange County. They used to be on Orange County. Um, They're not on there anymore. There's a there's a lady, Megan. Yes. And she was married to Jim Edmonds, who was a baseball player. I, are they not still married? God no. Okay. No, 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 no. They no. So um and he's been commentating on these games and he drives me freaking crazy. <laughs> I'm ready for him to be gone. Like, I don't even want to watch the games anymore because he drives me bananas. I got it. Yeah. All right, let's taste this divinity. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is so good. I hope Mama likes it. I'm going to love it. I really hope so. Well, guys, we love you. We do. We hope that you will remember, stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. And it won't be pretty. Nope, y'all. Have, Have a great week. week. We Stay love you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.